never stops making moves. Set the block, what we do, never lose. Heading straight to the top. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Money Talks Podcast, episode number two. It's your host, Eric Luvato, my partner, David Medina. Um, so this episode is pretty special, guys. We're going to go into a, a deep dive on past deals that we've done in the past, fix and flips out here in Los Angeles County. Super excited for this episode, one, because uh, we're going to basically be going through exactly what we did to fix and flip a property from A all the way to Z, right? Um, and the cool thing about this, I think the goal for this episode is to provide as much value as possible. Um, get as much questions answered as possible. There's a lot of people out there right now that are wondering, you know, how to get started in real estate. You know, and if I do find a property, you know, how I go about, you know, finding the property one, number two, managing the rehab, coming up with the rehab costs, finding a contractor, managing that, and then after all that, finding out what to sell it for, right? How to negotiate the sales price. So we're gonna go into it, guys. Uh, super excited, David. How you doing today, bro? Uh, I'm feeling fantastic. I'm excited. Um, I think there's gonna be a lot of value in this episode because we're actually going to go into very specifics as far as, uh, like you mentioned, finding the deal, negotiating the deal, right? right, And then uh, doing the numbers, because that's the most important part. You know, when you do uh, fix and flip, you know, uh, a lot of people always budget for X amount, and sometimes it ends up being a lot more. So, you know, we'll go through those specifics today. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So for this first deal, guys, uh, this this one's a little bit special to me. Yeah. Uh, why? Because it was my first transaction in real estate that I've ever done. Um, and so uh, it was my first fix and flip. I had no idea what I was doing. And David actually was the one that kind of walked me through this transaction. Through this one transaction, um, I learned a lot when it came to acquiring a property, managing a rehab, and obviously selling that property for a profit. So we'll go into it. So this property actually right here was in Chatsworth, California, in the Valley, right? Yeah. Um, And so tell me a little bit about this property when you first saw it. Well, first thing, as far as finding the deal, you know, we have, uh, you know, we have a lot of years of experience in the industry. So one of the biggest thing as far as uh, coming across a deal is networking, you know, uh, whether it be through wholesalers, or real estate agents. So this particular deal came through a wholesaler. Okay, so stop right there. So for people that don't know, what is a wholesaler? Well, a wholesaler essentially is someone who locks in a deal with a with a specific seller. Okay. Meaning they're doing all the negotiating. They're you know they're talking. They're reaching out. Whether it be cold calling, whether it be door knocking, etc. Whatever form of marketing that they're doing. Um, so they reach out to a seller directly. They negotiate a price. They lock in the price. Right. So just an example, let's just say they locked in the price of five hundred thousand. Right. Right. So now they have that contract from the seller that they're going to sell it to the wholesaler. Right. Right. For five hundred thousand. Right. Now, the wholesaler now, their job is also now to find an end buyer. OK. OK. Which would be an investor kind of like us. Right. Right. And now they'll sell it to us, let's say, for five twenty five. Got it. So they have a contract with the seller at five hundred thousand. Right, and then they find an end buyer or an investor for five twenty-five. Okay. So that difference of twenty-five thousand dollars is what's referred to as an assignment fee. Got it. And that's how the wholesaler gets paid. Okay. Okay. So that's just pretty much a very basic uh, breakdown of, of how the wholesaling industry works. Got it. So there's different ways to get involved in real estate. Obviously, an investor is one way. Obviously, you can get involved as a wholesaler as well. Yeah. Right. You can you know master that craft, find a property at a discount you know, get it under contract and assign that contract to an, an end buyer, an investor, somebody who's actually going to go in there, you know, buy the property, right. rehab the property, yep. and then resell it for a profit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you mentioned uh, a good part there because that's probably the easiest or the fastest way 
to really get into the investment world as far as real estate goes, if you don't have any capital, is to get into uh, wholesaling. Okay. Okay. And then, you know, we could break that down as far as what's required, you know, how to, you know, get the data, how to cold call, all that stuff. But, you know, we could talk that in a different episode. But that's probably the first and easiest way uh, as far as getting into investing. Got it. Okay, cool. So we found this deal through a wholesaler. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what did, do you remember what they locked it up at? Well, I believe they had locked it up. Well, actually, so they locked it up at a certain price. I don't recall the initial price, okay. but when they send it, uh, send it out to us, right. uh, and, and when I say us, it's to end buyers, they were asking for 580000 So, again, okay. this is a property in Chatsworth. Uh, there was two stories, okay, and uh, it, was, it was more in the rural parts um, of, of Chatsworth. Right, I remember that. Um, not necessarily in, the, in the, uh, you know, the downtown area or whatever. Right. Um, so it was very difficult, uh, had very difficult access. I remember that. You, you remember that? I remember so, that, yeah. So a lot of people really passed on it, um, and they were asking for 580000 and uh, there was comps at the time that were selling for about 700 750 and all the way up to, you know, eight fifty. Okay. So what I recall, we, we made a, uh, when we did our numbers, and I'll break it down right now, but when we did our numbers, I estimated this selling at around 750, maybe 800,000, because a lot of the underwriting that we do is very conservative. Right. So we never look at the best case scenario. Always at the Every worst. time when we underwrite a deal, we're always looking at the worst case scenario. What's right. the least amount of uh, a price that we can get for this? Right. And that's kind of we go based from there. We go, we go backwards from there. So, and I think that's super important when it comes to underwriting a deal. I think yeah. for a lot of new investors out there, they'll go, you know what? This property sold for the highest amount. Yeah. This is what I can get for it right. if I rehab the property. And that's right. just not the the safe way to underwrite your deals, yeah. right? Yeah. You always want to go worst case scenario, right? Because you don't want to, like I said, over overthink it, you know, like I said, and and in a way, um, give yourself a cushion, Absolutely. right? Uh, to see, to like I said, give yourself a cushion because this is real estate, yeah. you know, things happen. Absolutely. Markets change, right? So that price that you thought you can get might not be there and you might, you might have spent more on that rehab thinking you can get that price Absolutely. and then you end up losing money. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so we, we underwrote this deal at about 750. I think that was the, the amount okay. that we uh, that we said the after repair value would be. Okay. So at 580,000, it just wouldn't make sense. Right. Um, and so what I did was, um, you know, the wholesale was pretty persistent on the deal. So I said, you know what, let me throw a number out there. And I said, you know, I need this at 500,000. Right. So uh, $80,000 price reduction and two, for two reasons. One, I wasn't as interested, to be quite honest with you. Right. I remember when we walked the property, yeah. you're like, you know, should we take it? Should we yeah. not? You yeah. were a little bit hesitant. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, you know, the, 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 the comps were there. However, it was just where the location just the getting there. Was. It was in the hills. Yeah. It was hard to get yeah. to. It was in the hills. I remember driving up there and I'm thinking to myself, if I'm a buyer, you know, it takes a certain type of person to like this, you know, even going down that slope. Right. Right. To get into the driveway. Right. So it was a very difficult property. Um, and so, yeah, I can see why we were yeah. hesitant about it. Yeah. So so I made the offer of 500,000. Um, the wholesaler came back, you know, uh, a week later and said, hey, what about 550? Um, said 500,000. You know, that's your number. That's my number. And that's yeah. another thing is if you're an investor, you, you can't be emotional about this. Right. And I believe that a lot of uh, new people that get into the business, you know, they get very emotional about it in a sense that, you know, they may get excited right. to get a deal going. And so they'll jeopardize, you know, their their numbers 
in order just to get a deal going. Right. Right. So if I would have been in that scenario, I probably would have taken maybe the five fifty. Right. And it would have still worked out because as I, you know, as we go through this, you right. know, you'll, you'll find out why. But um, you know, as a as a savvy investor, you kind of want to stick to your numbers, and it either works or it doesn't. And you know, the wholesaler or the seller uh, directly either takes it or don't. And right. if they don't, then you just simply move on to the next one. Right. And so people that don't know are brand new into real estate investing, you make your money on the buy. Exactly. Right? You make your money on the buy. And so at what number do you usually like to get your properties at? Well, see, that's, that's a good question because when we, when we talk to wholesalers, they're always asking, what's your, what's your spread? What's your right. margin? Right. And the reality is that, um, you know, there isn't one specific, we do have a formula. Right. However, you know, every deal is different. Mm -hmm. So if we're buying the property that's 500,000, you know, 150 or $200,000 spread, it's okay. Right. It's, a, it's a good deal, right? right? But let's say now I'm buying a million dollar property, $150,000 spread, it's not going to be enough because the rehab cost is probably going to be closer to the six figures. Got it. So if all I have is $150,000 in spread that would have worked on a half a million dollar property, now it doesn't work on a million dollar property. Right. You see? So that's why it, it's just a matter of uh, breaking it down, usually rule of thumb, you know, we look at about, you know, 60 to 70 cents on the dollar. On the dollar. Got it. So if the after repair value, meaning <clears throat> once it's rehabbed, is going to be worth a million bucks, then we want to get this usually about $700,000 or below that. Okay. Now, again, you can jeopardize, jeopardize that once in a while, depending on the location and also depending on the market. Right. But for the most part, you want to be strict about it. You want to be a disciplined investor that, hey, you know, if it doesn't hit the 70% rule minimum, then you know what, you walk, you walk away, you move on to the next one. Got it. Yeah, so on this one, like I said, I had uh, the ARV um, at 750,000 conservatively. Okay. Like I said, there was property selling in the 8,850, um, but just because of the location, I, I, I underwrite this at 750,000. Got it. So we were, you know, that 70% was, was about 500,000. Got it. So long story short, you know, two weeks went by, Nobody purchased the property. The wholesaler came back and said, all right, you know what? You'll get it at 500,000. So that's another thing about being persistent and just sticking to your numbers. Right. You know, that if I would have jeopardized that and came up to 550, I would have paid $50,000 above. You know what I mean? And right. that's, that's profit that I leave on the it's table. It's a lot. It's a lot. That's a lot. So yeah. we ended up closing this deal, uh, or actually I'll walk you through the process of how I, we also acquired yeah. it. But we ended up locking this up at 500,000. Next question is how did you fund the deal? Because there's different ways to fund uh, deals. Yeah. So how did you go yeah. about this one? So there's two ways, right? There's two ways. Uh, the the most common two ways to fund a deal is either you have all cash, right? Right. So in this scenario, having five hundred thousand dollars liquid, right, or leveraging and using what's called hard money. Got it. Okay. Now, hard money is a little bit different than your conventional financing. You know, your FHA or your twenty percent down conventional. Right. Uh, hard money is mainly based on the actual project or the deal, the property. Um, uh, it's also they also go based off of your experience. Right. So how many transactions have you done in the past? Right. Um, and they also want to know uh, what's your exit strategy. Got it. So you're buying this for X amount. You know how they want to see how much uh, in rehab cost this is going to cost, right? And then also what are you going to do with this? You're going to refinance out of it, or are you going to sell it? Okay. Got it. So one. 
they want to know it's based off really the project, right? Correct. The deal, right? Yeah. If the deal makes sense, they're going to underwrite it themselves. If the deal makes sense, they know you got it at a decent price. They know you can make money, right? It's all in the deal. They don't look at tax returns, right? They don't look at any right. of that. It's more of the deal. One, two, your experience. Right. They want to say, hey, can this guy actually go in and actually complete this project, right? right? Um, so we did this. So back to the question, how did you end up funding this? Right. So if I just may add to that and yeah. be a little bit more specific and break it down. So uh, most hard money lenders, you know, they're going to ask you, you know, how many transactions have you done the last 12 months? Okay. So, you know, if you're brand new, you know, that, that makes it very difficult, right? So at, at that point, you either have to partner up with somebody right. who has a history, who has, a, you know, the experience. Right. Or, you know, some hard money lenders will provide you the loan, but now they're going to really charge you a very high interest rate. Got it. So not only are they going to charge you points, you know, three, four percent right. of, the, of loan, the loan of the loan amount. Yeah. So in this in this case, hypothetically speaking, the loan amount is five hundred thousand. Three to four percent, you're looking at about fifteen to twenty thousand dollars just just to get the loan. Just to get the loan. Okay. Right. Yeah. And again, that's because they're taking a, they're taking a risk, risk. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're inexperienced. Right. On top of that, the interest rate that they're going to give you is upwards in the 10%. Wow. So 10, 11, 12, 13. I've seen even as high as 14% interest. For first timers that are coming in. Exactly. To build that relationship. Exactly, exactly. Right. So if you don't have any history, you're getting in, it's your first deal, you know, expect to pay a, a really high cost to get hard money. Got it. But then it gets easier from, from there. Um, and then just to point out, this is an interest only loan. So these are right. short term loans that are technically business loans. Right. Right, so these type of loans are not meant for you to purchase for your pri as your primary residence right. uh, or to owner occupied. So they're usually between six to twelve months. Exactly. So they're six to twelve months, short term loans, uh, high interest rate, interest only. You know, and the whole purpose of it is to get in, get, get out, out. You know, move on to the next one. And if you don't, right at the end of that twelve months, it's a balloon payment. Right? It's a balloon payment. Correct. Exactly. So you balloon know, payment basically means that whatever you owe at that point, right when the time is up, you yeah. have to pay all at once. Exactly. Okay. The other thing is also when you're inexperienced, you're starting off, and then either way, some hard money lenders have different requirements. Right. But typically, you know, they ask you to come in with fifteen, twenty, twenty-five. I've even seen thirty, thirty-five percent down. Wow. Right. So luckily for me, I've built good relationships with hard money lenders for the last you know, decade right. uh, that uh, I've been able to get 5% down, 10% down on these type of uh, transactions, whereas somebody else would have had to come in with 15 or 20% down. Wow. Yeah. So let's go back to this uh, particular deal. Uh, so again, purchase price was 500000 Okay. And we actually came down with a 10% uh, down payment on this, right? So actually, let me let me go back on this. So when we first started on this transaction, mm -hmm. we actually went with a hedge fund. Okay. Okay. So uh, one of the one of the lenders that I work with uh, was connected with a hedge fund, and they were offering a seven seven percent seven point five percent interest rate, right. interest only, interest only for for harmony for fix right. and flips, right? And I think we were only coming in with five percent down for this transaction when we first started, uh, uh, when we went into escrow, okay. okay? But what happened is a week into escrow, the seller gives us a call or the wholesaler gives us a call and says, hey, the seller has a foreclosure date. Right. Has a sell date, a date that's gonna be auctioned, is gonna be foreclosed on, so we need to move, it, move quickly on this. Right. The so let's explain really quick that situation, right? So that basically means that since the seller has a foreclosure date, if we don't close before that foreclosure date, right, right 
we lose out on the deal. Yeah. Well, not only do we lose out on the deal, the wholesaler lose out on the deal, and the seller also, you know, doesn't make the, any money. Yeah, loses right? the property. Right. So we had to switch gears real quick. Um, and the reason why is because the hedge fund, even though we came in with very low uh, down payment, uh, very low interest rate compared to the market, right. 7%, 7.5 is, 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 is unheard is, of. It's unheard of. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we, we would get those uh, type of deals because of the relationship that I had with the lender as well as the experience that I had. But the downfall with that is that they needed to do an appraisal. Got so it. that's the only downfall. They didn't care for tax returns. Sense. They didn't care for yeah. you know for your bank statements or anything like that. But they did need to do an appraisal of their own. And so typically, um, hard money lenders can close within three, four, five days, right. you know, ten days, you know, as uh, uh, and as far as you know, fourteen days. Right. But this particular lender, because of the appraisal, they required about two weeks, two and a half weeks. So usually it ended up being about eighteen to twenty days. Right. Which we had an issue with that because again, there was a foreclosure date that was not mentioned to us in the beginning, right? Right, But halfway through it or a week into it, you know, they, they mentioned, hey, we have about four days left before they close, they foreclose on the property. Got it. So then we had to switch gears, went to the next lender. Um, we were able to get a 10% down. So our down payment was 50,000. Okay. Okay. Loan amount was 450,000. Okay. And now we went from a 7.5% interest rate to a 9.99%. Got it. Which is pretty typical. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, all right, bought it at 500,000, right? 10% down, 50,000. Yep. Loan amount, 450 at 9%. Now, let's just say for people out there who don't have 50,000, 60,000, right. Right. 70,000 for a down payment, right, on a hard money loan, yep. right? How did you fund the deal? Obviously, you got a hard money, but how did you actually get that income, yeah. right, for, yeah. the, for the obviously the rehab costs and the down payment? Yeah, so when we when I underwrote the deal, uh, it, you know, we came up with the total amount that we needed, which, which was about $200,000. Okay. Okay. Um, actually, no, I take it back. It was about 160000 Okay. So it was 160000 was the amount that, you know, when, when I underwrote the deal, it was like, hey, we need cash. And that 160000 was down payment, was rehab costs, was holding costs. Holding right. costs is basically the mortgage the payment, mortgage, right? right? Um, and, a, and a bunch of other miscellaneous involved there that added up to about 160, 180,000. Got it. So 180,000 is what we needed cash liquid in our bank accounts in order to complete this deal from A to Z. Right. So like you said, this was your first deal. Right. Right. So on this one, we came in 50-50. Uh, you know, you came in with about uh, $80,000. Mm -hmm. You know, I put the other half and that's kind of how we funded. So in other words, if you're starting off, you want to partner up with other individuals. In this case, hypothetically speaking, I didn't have money. Right. I brought the deal and I could have came to you or another person, two or three individuals or a right. group or just somebody else and say, hey, you know what? I need $160,000 right. in order to get this deal. This is how much we're buying it for. This is how much it's going to cost. This is how much we're going to sell it for. And this is how much potentially could be the profit. Got it. So either A, you have the funds or B, in this, in this scenario, we partnered up. We went 50-50. You put 80. I put 80. And that's how we took down this deal. Got it. So let me stop you there really quick. This episode was brought to you by Luxum Capital. We maximize returns for investors through value-add real estate. If you've been wanting to get involved in real estate and just not know how, or maybe you have some lazy money sitting in the bank not making money, 
you have an opportunity to become a capital partner with Luxon Capital. What does that mean? That basically means one, we find highly discounted properties, manage them, rehab them, and sell them for a profit, and you sit back and collect a check. You become an equity partner in every single transaction that Luxum Capital participates in. If that sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can reach us at luxumcapital.com. Thanks for tuning in. For people out there, um, there's a couple of ways to get involved in real estate. And I talked to you about it earlier, right? One is you do it on your own, right? You go out there, you do all this on your own. You find a hard money lender, you pay the price, right? For a first timer, right? And you learn, right? And you make mistakes or you learn from those mistakes and hopefully you can rebound from those mistakes and actually make a profit eventually, right? I don't recommend doing it that way. I didn't want to get started in real estate that way. I didn't want to go figure it out. I'm not a dummy. I say, hey, if I have no somebody that you know knows what they're doing and can coach me on it, I'd rather do it that way. Right. Second way you can get involved, like you said, is so somebody that doesn't have a lot of money, right? You can find the deal, yeah. right? So you can find a highly discounted property, bring it to a seasoned investor, somebody with a track record, somebody that knows exactly what they're doing, and you can partner up that way, right? By bringing value that way, by bringing the deal. Third way to get involved is kind of the way I did it. I had money saved up for my previous business, right? I had some lazy money in the bank. I needed to put it to work. I wanted to get involved in real estate. You show me the transactions that you did in the past. I put money on the table. That's right. how I brought value to this transaction, right. right? And through that transaction, I learned a lot, right. right? And now I know you know, how to do it from A to Z myself, right? right. Or um, the last way to get involved is to just pay for mentorship, right? Pay for somebody's value. Pay for somebody's time to teach you and walk you through your first uh, real estate transaction. So right. I just wanted to mention that for everybody out there listening. There's different ways to get involved. You can pick which way best fits your situation. But for this situation, this was my first transaction. I had money on the. I had money in the bank that wasn't making me money. So I decided to you know do a JV with you on this particular transaction. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So next rehab costs. When you go into a property and you estimate how much it's actually going to cost how do you how do you go into that you know how do you see what it's actually going to cost or do you just have a number that you typically use you know just a safe number or do you go in there and look at the property and kind of figure it that way so uh, a lot of investors have uh what's called a price per square foot okay right meaning you know if the properties were uh, i'm sorry if the property the size of the property is let's say two thousand square feet okay you know some investors they'll use a metric whether it be 30 bucks, 40, 50 dollars per square foot. Okay. So on a 2,000 square feet house, if you're pricing it at a 50 dollar per square foot, you're looking at a rehab cost of about approximately 100,000 dollars. Okay. Okay. So because we use a lot of subs, you know, we don't really use um, that metric. Um, it's just, and it's also going to be based off of, you know, what are we looking to do with the property? You know, are we right. doing the, a, a small cosmetic exit strategy? You know, are we doing a cosmetic uh, rehab or right. are we doing a full renovation? Got right. It. And so that's going to be determined based off of the location of the property. Got right. It. And also the condition of the property. Correct. So, you know, if we're <laughs> buying a property that's in, in a good area, you know, you definitely want to do a high end rehab. Right. If you want to do a property that perhaps is in a, you know, low income or, you know, just not a very desirable area, then you, you might not want to do a full hundred thousand dollar rehab, maybe do a little cosmetic, you know, put it back on the market, et cetera. So you kind of have to know who your end buyer is in this, right? Precisely. You have to know yeah. your, your, your product, just yeah. like anything. If you're selling anything, you have to know your product and you have to know who your customer is, right? I love that you said that because that's exactly how we look at things. Right. You know, we look at it as, hey, what, you know, who is our end buyer? Right. And then what type of product are we delivering? Got it. So that's exactly how we uh, underwrite every deal. 
based off location. Um, another thing I would add is that, you know, although some investors like to stick to one specific area and master that area, right. which, you know, I would it's, recommend as well. Right, right. Um, we actually tend to just look for deals, you know, all over L.A. County. Right. So sometimes we'll go to the Valley. Sometimes we'll go to, you know, San Gabriel Valley. Sometimes, you know, San Fernando Valley. Sometimes South L.A. So, you know, at least because last year the market was very hot, the last couple of years, we were kind of just finding a good deal. Right. Um, and so then it, 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 cre it does create a situation where if you're not familiar with that area, yeah, who the right. demographics are, who the end buyer is, then you could potentially get into trouble with that as far Got as it. the type of rehab you do um, and potentially not provide a product that that consumer is looking for. Right. So, you know, that's where now a lot of research comes in. And, um, you know, and that's kind of a lot of the stuff that I like to do research, you know, right. analytics. And those and are the variables that come Absolutely. into real estate investing, right? Yeah. It's not, you can have, you can't have one equation, right? For every transaction exactly. you do, you're going to have different variables that come into it. And that's where people make mistakes in real estate because yep. those variables come in and yep. you don't know how to actually, you know, make them work. Absolutely. It's like selling a Lamborghini to somebody that can only afford a Toyota. Exactly. Right. Or it's right. like selling a Toyota to somebody that wants a Lamborghini. Exactly. Right. It <laughs> doesn't really make sense. Right. Okay. So back to the rehab. Um, for, and, for, and, and if I may cut you off, yes. In real estate, you know, you talk about location, location, location. Literally, if you go north of one street, it's a completely different than when you're south of that same main street. Right. So, it, it's so small of a, of a difference. Right. In certain locations, that you you definitely have to be aware of of that, those areas because literally, just one block north makes a huge difference. It can right. add an extra million dollars. It can add, add an, an additional two, three $300,000 on your price. So you definitely have to know your, your areas. Got it. Okay, so time frame as far as the rehab and how much did it cost to actually rehab the property? Yeah, so on this one, we actually anticipated to be about uh, between uh, 90 to $100,000 in rehab. Okay. Okay, and again, you know, this is including, um, in this particular deal, we were looking to gut everything out uh, reposition the kitchen area, right. uh, do the windows, paint interior. So this was a Excellent. full renovation. It's a full renovation, okay. you know, electrical, etc. So for something like this, you know, we we did budget. You know, roughly we wanted to be about eighty-five to ninety thousand. That's mm -hmm. kind of was our goal. Right. But we did budget for a hundred. Okay. So that was our original cost of a hundred thousand dollars on this. Got it. Okay. And also we typically budget for six months. Okay. As far as mortgage payments. Okay. okay, so in this scenario, our mortgage payment was thirty-seven, about thirty-eight hundred dollars. Got it. Okay, so typically our rehabs take about two to three months for the for the construction to be completed, um, but we typically budget about six months of holding costs, right? Which are six months of mortgage payments. Correct. Again, and that's anticipating that we're going to be done in two months. Right. Put it back on the market. Take about thirty days. Get into escrow for another thirty days with the end buyer, right. with the retail buyer. So we're looking at about, on average, we're in and out in about four months. Right. But, but you we, underwrote it for six. We always underwrite every deal for about six six months. Um, and again, this was last year, uh, 2022, the beginning of, uh, actually, I lied. 21. It was the end of uh, 2021. Right. We bought it at the end of 2021, and we were looking to sell this in the beginning of 2022, meaning the market was still hot. You know, for now, in this current market today, we would probably be uh, adjusting instead of six months, we would probably be looking about eight months of holding costs. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So it says here, total cost, project costs. We budgeted for, we budgeted for 100,000. Yeah, yeah. It says total costs here, 175,000. So what happened there? So, well, 
the rehab was a hundred thousand. It's what we budgeted, and okay. it ended up being a hundred and twenty thousand. Okay. So we actually went twenty thousand dollars above okay. our construction budget, and the reason for that is because again, this was a two-story right. house. It was up in the hills of Chatsworth, kind of rural area, right? And it had a a very beautiful view of just the you know the San Fernando Valley, right? So what we decided to do is a, do it uh, to add in a deck because when we got the house. There was a deck, but it wasn't finished. Well, no. Or there it wasn't a deck at all. I can't remember. You know what? There's framing. There's framing. We thought it was a deck, but it was already falling apart. Right. Yeah. Right, so there, right. there, there, there really wasn't, wasn't a, a deck. deck. Yeah. But it gave us the idea of, you know what? We should probably build a deck, you know, it, because that would be the selling point. Right. Yeah. And there was a deck upstairs and a deck downstairs. Yeah. So we did a two-story deck. Right. Right. On both sides right. uh, or on, on both floors. And uh, that ended up costing about $15,000. Extra. Extra. Just a deck. Yeah. So that $20,000 that we decided to increase the budget and go above our budget was for the purpose of selling the property at a much higher price. So originally we had listed, we had uh, underwrote this at seven fifty, right? And we figured, all right, you know what? Adding this deck, this fifteen thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars extra, will potentially give us an extra fifty thousand dollars in in purchase price. Got it. So we ended up doing that. Rehab was one twenty. Uh, we had about twenty two thousand dollars in budget for holding costs. Okay. Again, six months. And the thing is, if if we're out in three months or four months, then that's money that we're saving. Right. Does that make sense? Right. No, yeah. absolutely. Um, and then, you know, in our project costs, we also have marketing um, and, you know, we have utilities. So part of the utilities, you know, it's, it's usually about a thousand bucks that we that we use. Right. And, and that's, you know, power. You know, um, we, we put gas at the end as well. Right. But typically for the workers, because they can have power to use their tools and whatnot. Right. Yeah. So typically we underwrite about a thousand bucks. We actually only use 500 bucks on this one. And uh, so long story short, you know, we we spent a little bit more than what we anticipated. Right, and this happens. It happens all the time. This happens, and this is exactly why we go back to it, where you underwrite your deal accordingly, because you have to have that cushion, because things do happen. Things like this happen, right? Hey, we needed to add a deck. Obviously, we added a deck. It it made sense at the end of the deal. We'll see, we'll find out right now, but adding that deck is very crucial, right, to getting this property sold. So, um, okay, cool. So, uh, as far as resale price, okay? So when it comes, let's say the property's done, Rehab is complete, right? How did you come up with this resale price? Because it was totally different from 750. Yeah. So once again, it, it it helped that the market, you know, just was on fire. Uh, it helped that the market just kept going up. Right. You know, it helped that interest rates were very low. Right. So for every one property that was in the market, there was at least ten buyers wow. looking, looking to purchase. So you know we kind of got lucky on that, but we ended up listing this at seven ninety nine, basically eight hundred thousand. Okay. So once we were completed with everything, uh, we list the property at eight hundred thousand, and we actually ended up closing at nine hundred and five thousand. Hold on, hold on. So <laughs> listed at seven nine nine. Yeah. Ended up closing at nine oh five oh five. Yeah. So this is kind of like I said, people are probably like, what happened? Well, we have to remember where the market's at, right? Yeah. You have to know where the market's at when you're, you know, in the process of doing a fix and flip, right? You have to know whether it's a buyer's market or whether you're in a seller's market. At that time, this was a seller's market. People were overbidding, 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 just trying to get into a house because money was so cheap then, right? Correct. It was very affordable to get a house. I think the interest rates were the lowest they ever been. Right. Right. 
And so that's where you have to figure out, hey, this is where the market's at right now. This is our exit strategy. You know what I mean? So but, 799 to 905. Yeah. And Continue. so to, just to add to that, you know, when you underwrite a deal, when you you mentioned it earlier, you make money on the buy. Right. So since we bought it at 500000 right, there was enough spread there that even if we sold this at 800000 or even at our original price of seven fifty, right, we're still making at least a 20% minimum, 20% right. return. And that's where you underwrite your deals. You want to make at least a minimum of 20%. Correct. Right? That's another thing is, uh, you know, as an investor, you don't want to look at the dollar amount that you're earning. Right. You want to look at percentage. You know, what's my return on investment? What's my ROI? So, you know, because everything is relevant, right? If I'm investing $10,000 with somebody and I'm earning a 20% return, right, right. that's $200. You're going to say, well, $200 for a year, that's nothing. That's chump change. Right. But now if you invest a million dollars at 20%, that's $200,000. It's a different story. Now $200,000, you are like, okay, that's, that's pretty significant. Right. right. So you don't want to look at how much money am I going to earn. It's more of what's my percentage, what's my right. return, right? Right, because everything is, is relevant to how much you're actually investing, right? So as an investor, because I you know I talk to a lot of people and they're always talking about well how much am I going to make, and it's like hey don't look at the dollar amount yeah. because it's relevant to how much you're going to invest, right? You got to look as an investor anytime you invest in anything you want to look at what's my return on investment, what's my percentage, right? So for us we're always looking at a minimum of twenty percent return. Got it. So in this scenario, even though we if we would have listed this at seven ninety nine we would have gotten offer at 800,000 and we would have sold it, we're still looking above 20%. We're right. still looking at 25, maybe even 30% return right. on this just because we bought it so cheap. Right. So the other thing to that is because we also priced it low enough compared to the comparables in the area. So remember I talked about um, earlier that there were comparables in the 8, 850. Right. So the pricing of 905 wasn't necessarily an extreme right. price because there was comparables in the eight, eight fifty, even nine hundred thousand price right. range. So it wasn't a, like out of like right. out of the ballpark. So yeah. not so yes, to add to it, we it did help that the market was hot. Right. It did help that the you know there was free money, right. essentially, you know, low interest rates. Right. But it also helped the fact that we were able to price this low at eight hundred thousand right. for a property that was two stories, you know, brand new deck brand new kitchen, brand, brand, new, new, everything. brand new everything, electrical, yeah. plumbing, windows, paint job, everything. Right. So the product was very pristine and it looked like it was at a, at a sale right. compared to everything else that was selling in the area. Right. So yeah, we, we did get multiple offers to the point that the, uh, the offer we went with was $100,000 above our asking price. Right. Um, and it did appraise. It did appraise. It did appraise, yeah. Yeah, so, all right, well this was first one and let me ask you this. So. Um, if you can go back at this deal, right? We can go back and uh, in time. What would you have done different, if anything? <laughs> well, why are you laughing? Well, see, here's the thing. We're located in, uh, in 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 LA, right? Right. And so Chatsworth in this particular property is roughly about forty five minutes to an hour away, especially with, right, traffic. with traffic. Yeah. So you know, one of the things that we've learned throughout our uh, you know the last couple of years is is having control, or at least having properties that are nearby, just right. so you can have access, at least within 30, no more than 40 minute drive. Right. So one of the things is, you know, um, you know, having a project manager that uh, it was con you know, constantly going there every day. Right. Um, you know, typically I like to go to the properties myself, right. but you know, as we scale and we have multiple projects, you know. Can't it, be everywhere at once. Can't be, exactly. So we yeah. definitely want to have, you know, we learned to, ha to hire a project manager. Right. 
you know, yeah, um, and at the same time, you know, make sure that they're going there every day. So one of the things I would have done differently was is that a is having somebody go there every day and visit the contractors because right. again, if the contractors don't see anybody on top of them, then you know they'll they, take their time. They'll take their time, right? So and every day is money. Every day is money because yeah. that hard money, you know, is charging you interest every single day. Every single day. So that's the first thing I would do is make sure that uh, you have a project manager. That, uh, that is consistently going to projects at, at, on site every day, right? Just to right. make sure that the contractors are on top of their thing. Right. You know, because again, on this particular deal, they took longer than expected. It was supposed to be a 60 day, uh, you know, in and out construction, right. ended up being four months. Right. right. Now, luckily for us, it actually helped us just because of where the market was. Right. But in a different market, in this, in this market that we're in right now, those two extra months would, would, could, have, would have, could potentially you know, killed us on this deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so that's what that's probably the biggest thing I would take away is having the project manager on site every day. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, right. so I, we ended up at the end of the day. Like I said, you said you wanted to focus on the actual percentage. Yeah. Right. So we bought the property at five hundred. Right. Uh, we put two forty into it. Right. And we resold it at nine oh five. Yeah. Okay. So, so the cash required was two hundred and forty thousand for this one. Right. And again, that includes down payment. That includes holding costs. That includes rehab costs. Right. You know that includes you know uh, marketing. Right. You know utilities, um, and so total it ended up being two hundred forty thousand dollars cash that we required, and then at the end we sold this for nine oh five, and uh, this ended up netting us a sixty four percent return. Wow. Yeah. Sixty four percent. Meaning, we used two hundred forty thousand dollars cash liquid right. out of pocket. Right. And we net a profit of $154,000 on this one. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That was the first deal. That was my first deal, guys. So <laughs> that was my first deal in real estate. Obviously, after that first deal, I was sold. I told myself real estate is the end goal for me. Um, and so this it, one, it, you it, can say, it, this one, I can say you, this is, this is a home run. This is a home run. This is considered yeah. a home run. This is considered a home run. I wouldn't necessarily, you know, uh, advise, you know, people <laughs> to really expect these type of returns Every single Every, time, right, right. Um, you know, but uh, this was a home run, and just to kind of give um, a little bit more perspective here, you know, you invested eighty thousand right. dollars, and uh, you made fifty-one thousand dollars on this one. Nice, yeah. Thank so you. it was almost a uh, almost a hundred percent return. You almost doubled your money in a matter of six months. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's that's the beauty of real estate. You got to yeah. love real estate, right? But again, I got advice. We don't get all these these type of deals all the time. No, yeah. no, absolutely not. Yeah. Obviously, the market was hot. Obviously, yeah. it was a different time, right? Absolutely. So I was able to experience that. Um, and we'll go on to more deals as well, guys, right now that we'll see that, you know what, not every deal is a home run, right? You'll have some deals that are base hits, doubles, triples, right? Yeah. And then eventually, sometimes you get a unicorn like this, right? right? You get a unicorn like this and you get something that, you know, just works out in your favor. Yeah. highly in your favor yeah. right yeah. and then you also get some deals where shit happens bro right you know something happens and it doesn't work out in your favor exactly. right so uh we'll go into that so just off that deal like i said guys i learned a lot like i said that's why i chose that way to get involved in real estate was you know partner with somebody with a proven track record that can actually you know walk me through this transaction and through this transaction man i learned everything i learned yeah. everything from acquiring a hard money loan exactly. i learned everything from rehab right i learned everything about uh, you know contractors i learned everything about construction i learned everything about negotiating commissions right right um and uh it turned out to be a great transaction yeah so that that was again that's your first deal you get involved, um, and, and, and here's, the, here's the beauty of it. You walked away now with a relationship with a hard money lender that right. if you ever wanted to go on your own and get a deal, 
you know, now you have a good rapport with them because yeah. I, I was able to introduce that. Right. And instead of you getting, you know, with the three, hey, with the three percent, four percent, you know, origination cost and the thirteen or twelve percent interest rate, now you're gonna get the same deals that that, that I'm getting. Right. Right. So that's one one takeaway. Second is again contractors. Right. Again, you end up buying properties on your own. Now you have that connection as well. Right. Right. Um, and lastly, I think you know a lot of uh, investors start off with fixing flipping, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like the entry way uh, right. in order to you know segue right. into more you know buy and hold type of deals, apartment right. building, etc., and start building a portfolio. Right. So it's just like with anything, you get to you know you get started entry level, and I would consider this to be entry level as far as fix and flip. Right. And you did it you know the right way, the safe way, which is partnering up with somebody, you know. And now what we're, what we're doing is segueing into building a portfolio. Right. So you know sometimes you know people have the ability to just automatically jump into just you know buying uh, and building a portfolio right uh, but some people just really you know they have a certain amount of money they fix and flip in order to double that money within two three four years right right you start off with a hundred thousand four years from now five years from now maybe now you have half a million maybe now you have a million dollars right right and now you go ahead and start investing long term and buying apartment buildings etc got it got it so what would you what would you tell somebody right now that wants to get started in real estate um, and just doesn't know how to actually, you know, get involved. Yeah. Know? Well, I so, mean, I'll leave that up to you to explain. Yeah. However, I will say, particularly in this current market, my advice would be to partner up with somebody. If you do have cash. Right. If you do have cash um, and you're looking to get into real estate, whether that be fixing flip or buying property. Right. Definitely partner up with somebody because, you know, it, the market is pretty, uh, uh, pretty scarce right now. And, uh, you know. It, it, it's very there's a lot of uncertainties got it yeah got it but okay. maybe you want to elaborate on what are the other three four options that, that are well available. that's what i mean my my option i mean my opinion is kind of i would say biased just because i chose the way that i got involved and it turned out to be a great fit yeah um i think for most people out there right now that want to get involved in real estate and just don't know how i think the best way would be to partner up with somebody who has experience that's yeah. kind of like a no-brainer if you think about it like you know if you want to acquire a new trait new skill right learn from somebody that has what you want say what they say do what they do get what they get that's yeah. how i learned it yeah and um that's a mentor yeah right and so that's one way to do it partner up with the company for example luxem capital right i saw this transaction mind-blowing that i can come into this not knowing anything about. i want you guys to know really i had no idea I, I knew i wanted to get involved in real estate i didn't know anything about real estate right so i came into this as a newbie and through this one just one transaction i learned everything i needed to learn as far as how to invest in real estate and became and you know came out with a great you know return as well but i saw that mind blowing i told david look there's people just like me out there that want to learn this right right don't know how to get involved right maybe they have some money in the bank maybe they don't right but maybe they can go out there and find a deal there's people just like me that want to get involved let this is a service right this is something that's you know somebody can come to us and say hey i want to give them raw real estate one i want to learn or hey you know what i don't want to learn i have some lazy money in the bank i just wanted to put to work right right yeah. they can get involved right and, and become a capital partner with us and you know one if they want to learn we'll walk them through what we do right and if they don't they can just sit back and collect the check when we sell a property for a profit so that's my opinion on, on a way to get involved in real estate is uh partner up with somebody who has a proven track record has experience and can walk you through that and is willing to teach you and show you exactly how to do that 
Um, that's my opinion. So for anybody out there looking to you know want to get involved in real estate, that's the way to do it. You can reach out at us as well. Um, and uh, if you want to be you know get in on our next deal, right? I highly recommend that I'm gonna, I'm going to send the invitation out to everybody out there that if you want to get involved in our next deal, we're looking for capital partners all the time. Right. We have deals that come across our desk every single day right that are highly discounted especially in this market and where the market's going where we think the market's going i think there's going to be a lot of opportunity right to make money yeah. right so we're excited for that uh, we're going to call it you know this is one deal there's multiple deals that we're going to go over obviously this is just one deal i think we've done over i think we're on our 12th transaction since we met yeah right so there's multiple deals that we've done they're not all uh you know grand slams like this one right but we're gonna go over this. And so if you guys got value out of this, I wanna ask everybody out there to, you know, just leave a comment, uh, leave a five-star review, uh, subscribe to our channel if you haven't yet. Uh, we're gonna be doing this all the time. We're gonna try to provide as much value as possible. And not just in real estate. I want right. people to let people know that. Not just real estate. We'll talk real estate, uh, but this is money talks, right? We're right. gonna talk anything, anything money, anything finance, anything entrepreneurship, mindset. We're all into that. So we're super excited for this podcast, yeah. guys. So thanks again for yeah. watching, guys. Make sure you subscribe, tell a friend, share with a friend. With that, uh, we'll segue out and we'll see you guys on the next show. Money talks. Never